Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Hey, Andrew. <laughs> Hello there, Edwin. Who's, who's starting today? <laughs> well, let's just get it started. That's what I'm saying. It's Monday. It's time to open up the Word of God and talk about the text, talk about Scripture. And uh, in this season. We're looking at the book of Psalms. I think we're on to Psalm 8, aren't we, brother? Psalm 8. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands, and have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Talking about God here today and his majesty. Majestic God. Very common phrase that we hear even today. People have adapted this or adopted this, I should say, as a, as a praise today. I think there are songs that have been written. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. That's a lovely idea to sing. Wonder, what a wonderful, powerful thing. In fact, here's what it puts in my mind. I know a lot of folks struggle with the idea of prayer and the idea of praise. And... Wanting to pray, wanting to praise, but not always knowing what to say. Yeah. And I think one of the great ideas as we walk through the Psalms, just start a journal, Mm. get a little notebook, and just jot down phrases and statements and praises that you can adapt and adopt for your own time of prayer and praise. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, it is. It is. And particularly one of the uh, words we'd probably write down is this idea of throne and where God's throne is, as we see here at the beginning of the psalm. Uh, oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. His throne is above the heavens. Above the heavens. Beyond above. the heavens. Beyond the heavens. So so you have, <clears throat> in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I think there we're talking about, when we talk about heavens, we're talking about the sky and sure. the space, maybe. Yeah. I think um, I was once told, I, I don't know if this is exactly the way it was viewed, but like Paul talks about being called up into the third heaven, and the idea was the first heaven would be our sky, maybe our atmosphere. The second heaven would be the space where the stars and the moon mm-hmm. and the sun are. But it's not till you get to the third heaven that that would be the realm of God. Uh, but so here when we're talking about above the heavens, we're talking about above our sky and above space. When we, yeah. we look up, and we see clouds, and we see sun, and we see moon, and we see stars, and God is beyond all of that. Yeah, that's what I like about verse 3. The psalmist says, I'm considering your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have ordained. And that calls us back to think about the majesty of his creation, looking up at the night sky, and it seems so far away, and yet it shines out in darkness. 
One of the things that I appreciate about the psalmist here is recognizing that our God is the creator. And to be differentiated then from some of the pagan ideas, non-Jewish, non-Christian ideas about God. Okay, You find out that um, ancient peoples worshipped the moon, mm. right? So yep. that, that is their God. And even in pre-Islamic Arabia, there was already this moon god, Allah, mm. right, tied to the moon. Um, the different stars become constellations, then named after gods. And there's these ideologies with the Greek mythology, right, mm-hmm. uh, that the, in the stars, in the heavens, there are the gods. But the true god is beyond this. The true God is the maker of all these things. Mm -hmm. And so even to look at something so transcendent from our own world, like the moon, like the stars, is still selling God short. It would be an idol. God made these things. I love your use of that term transcendent. I think one of the fundamental theological concepts we have to grasp is pointed to from the psalm, and it takes us all the way back to Genesis 1, where it begins, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, which sets, as you've already said, I'm really repeating what you said, um, sets God apart. There is creator, everything else is creation. Yes. And that is the essence of holiness. Okay. Holiness is the idea of being separate of being set apart. Yeah. We commonly think of holiness only in the, in its ethical component. Mm-hmm. Being set apart as far as always doing what is the right thing to do, always doing what is the lawful thing to do, even what we might say the godly thing to do because we know God always does what is holy, what, sure. is, what is set apart, what is for his special use and glory. But there is this underlying fundamental sense, especially as we consider in Isaiah, the the threefold declaration, holy, 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 Lord God almighty. When we consider what is the fundamental underlying overarching Mm -hmm. characteristic Mm -hmm. of God, it is holiness. It is being separate, distinct, set apart. I know we we as Christians in the New Testament go to where it says God is love and often claim, well, love is the fundamental underlying overarching characteristic of God. But I think we need to understand that actually love is the outpouring of his holiness mm. because he is distinct, because he is above, because he is separate, because he is creator. His love is the outpouring of that. But that underlying characteristic, the thing that everything in God is founded on, is he's holy. It's the very first thing said, even though the word holy isn't used there, but it's the very first thing demonstrated. He is distinct. He is separate. He is set apart. He is creator. Mm -hmm. We are creation. He is above all of this. And what I love about this psalm is it seems to me a contemplation of so much of his creation, whether it's the moon or the stars, uh, whether it's, you know, babies and the children and what is man that you're mindful of him, uh, that when I look at all of this that is made, it is testimony to the maker, and then it's reason to praise the maker Mm -hmm. for his greatness. Yeah, everything about this psalm, you're right, points back to the creation. We're probably going to be commenting on Genesis as we talk about this psalm over and over again, because it is so connected. No no matter which part of it it's talking about, it takes us back to that creative week, that creative moment when Jesus, or well, Jesus, as John 1 points out, I, I guess that was a little bit of a slip, and yet 
it's the truth. Sure. Jesus is the, the instrument of God's creation, as John 1, 1 points out. He was in the beginning with God, was God, and all things were brought into being by him. But Father, Son, and Spirit above all. I, I do want to think about this, though. This idea of being above the heavens is mm-hmm. not geographical. Yeah. We're, because God, of course, is on a completely different plane. He's it's it's like I mean this is not the right word to use either, but a different dimension. <laughs> I thought you were going there. You've entered the Spider Verse now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's it's but not the idea. There's physical and then metaphysical, right? Yeah, and yeah. and that's a very old concept. Material versus spiritual. Yeah, I mean, he's in a spiritual realm, right? With right, his, which. When we talk about it being above is not, here's the physical realm, and as I keep heading up, as I keep heading up, then I finally get to, to God's realm. That's not, that's not what we're saying. But this idea of, bu- of above is, is majesty, magnificence, glory. And the, and the best way we have to describe that is height. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's high. It's magnificent. It's awesome. I mean, when we look at the sky and its expanse, and then at night as we look at the stars and yeah. it's even greater expanse, what we see there is majesty, something that leaves us in awe. And the idea of God being above that is supposed to present to us e- even, even more majestic and expansive and glorious. There's God. So there was a, a neat book written a few years ago called The Privileged Planet. Okay. Okay. And uh, the uh, the fellow that wrote it was a Dr. Guillermo Gonzalez. The premise of the book is really interesting. He talked about of all the places our planet might be within the galaxies, within the solar systems, we find ourselves uniquely positioned in this Milky Way galaxy to be able to view and observe things like all the different stars and all the different galaxies. Um, and really, he was just talking about that that our planet is uniquely privileged position to be able to have life in this cosmos, to be able to make observation of the beauty and all these other things. Um, it, it, re- it really is kind of a, a, an argument, a point to be made. It, it doesn't just happen, right? Evidence of a creator. And then in his book and teachings, he even drills down a little bit to talk about the significance of the moon itself. And I always think about that when, when I read this psalm or when we contemplate the moon and the role that it has. Evolutionists with the Big Bang, one of the difficult things to explain is the moon and where did it come from. Mm. Um, you know, the, the, the idea of this explosion and all this matter flies out and, and some of it is supposed to sort of coalesce into planets, okay? But then why would you have this explosion out from a planet to have another little moon? It's not just an Earth that it's an odd thing to explain. It's really just how moons come to be. Just period. And there's different stories about it, but again, all of them have a lot of problems. So you bringing this up calls to mind a book that I read okay, um, called Myths of Creation mm. uh, by a fellow named Philip Freund. Okay. And what I found fascinating about his book, he talked about how when he was in high school, he was taught, and I'm sure he's older than I am, so this is going to be before I was in high school, which was back in the, you know... Uh, late 80s. So he was probably in high school like in the 60s. I don't know. Don't worry. We can edit that out. We, we don't need to. <laughs> but uh, let me just say this quickly because I know we're running short on time. But uh, he, he talked about, you know, I was in high school and in my classes in science, they said, here's how the world got here. 
Here's how the universe got here. Mm-hmm. Then he got to college, and, and they said, no, 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 no. Look, we've known for 10 years that's not how evolution worked. We've known for 10 years that's not how the Bing Bang worked. <laughs> yeah. we, we figured it out. And then he got into grad school, and they said, no, 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 no. We, we've known for 10 years that's not the way it worked. We've, we've known for a while that it's like this. Now, granted, those who are scientists who believe in evolution, I appreciate the point they're making that science is supposed to be ever examining and ever learning and open to correct. And, right, and right. I appreciate all that. Right. But but what he did is he went through a lot of different historical stories of how the world got here. He would yeah. call them myths, and he would include the Bible in that, which, of course, I don't believe the Bible is a myth. But then he got to evolution, and he said, you know, throughout history, there's been the golden egg story. Mm-hmm. That is that there was something that existed, and the gods broke it open, and boom, now there's the universe. And then mm-hmm. he talked about various groups and peoples throughout history that believed they had come from animals. Mm-hmm. And you know the point that he made? I thought this was fascinating. He said, as I see how they're changing, they they don't know. They don't know how it happened. Even what we have with these supposed scientific explanations are actually just rehashed versions of old myths, but without the divine. That is fascinating. What is it? It's the golden egg story. Mm -hmm. There was this thing that was very, very small, and it blew up, and now we have the universe. Now it's called the Big Bang. We just didn't have God or a deity to to start it. So Mm -hmm. I think that's fascinating. The scripture says... Chaos. There was nothing than God formed. Mm-hmm. God created. Mm-hmm. And he is above the creation. That's right. He is above it and beyond it. He is not, he is not, um, I, I guess I want to go ahead and say this about pantheism as well. He is not all of creation together. Correct. That's a good point to make. He's yeah. not the force. He's not the force. Yeah. He is above it, beyond it. He looks down. I, I want to wrap up with this. And then, okay. And then I love this in Psalm 113. Verse 4, the Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens Mm. and the earth. Yeah, that's what we're seeing in Psalm 8. That's our God. Thank you so much for listening in on our conversation. We'd love to hear what you're learning from Psalm 8 or whatever else you're reading in the Bible. Send us a message at texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Please remember to rate the podcast, to review it, to share it with a friend. Why don't we go ahead and wrap up with a prayer, Andrew? Our great God and Father, we thank you for this day. And we thank you that, God, we can come to you in prayer through Jesus Christ. Um, I'm reminded as we look at this psalm today of your majesty in your creation Father, help our eyes never to become dulled with the majesty of your works, whether it be the moon or the stars. From the great to the small, help us, Father, to remember that you made it all. You are greater than it all. And Father, as we are moved with wonder at your creation, may we be ever more impressed with the greatness of the Creator, you, whom we love and trust, and we know you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Well.